Yeah, now I gotta cut it off like some sort of cheese dick. Um, I love fucking... I don't love cheese dick, though. I almost said I love cheese dick. <laughs> I know you didn't say that, but I was almost like, I love cheese dick, and it's like, I do not. Yeah, no one wants that. No, no, no. Unbased dick. No, 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 Margie. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Um, hello everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Ty Rivera, yes, the same one from YouTube, Ty Rivera, as in the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Today we are here with my friend, Mr. Bobby Wayne Stotts. Yes, sir. I thought I was saying it right, but I always get your name. I know why everybody messes up your last name, because your name does make people a little insecure. Yeah, yeah. There's... Like you question, and you know you're going to get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get that on like phone calls. I was like, can I speak with Mr. Statues? I was like, ah, yeah, you got me. This is him. <laughs> the, the worst one, though, is like, may I speak with Mr. Uh, Stardust? And I'm like, well, there's not even an R in there. People don't care. Yeah, yeah, people <laughs> don't care. They, they see what they want to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, stouts. Stouts, it's ah. Uh, no, but uh, Stouts is one I hear a lot. I say, hear oh, a lot yeah. of people say Bobby Wayne Stouts, and I'm like, I don't think it's pronounced Stouts. I think it's, it's, it's Stouts. It's, it may be, uh, but my whole hillbilly family, it's we say Stouts it's like it's an O. Yeah. So that's what I've always gone with. But that's what it looks like because of the way it's spelled. Yeah, I don't. But the everybody always gives it that like Al, like Auschwitz mm-hmm. type thing. Maybe that's where it comes from. They're so used to hearing that. That's not a good example, but that's the only AU word. I just got a flash of like Auschwitz. Like, you know, you know, I was like, that's, yeah, you're right. That's not what you want to remind people of to be like. (laughs) Well, that's off to an awkward start. (laughs) Bobby Wayne Stotts. (laughs) Now you got it. But here, so, okay. So here's the thing. Um, I've been wanting to talk to you for a little while just because I don't think you're what people would expect at all once people get to know you. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, Bobby, I met Bobby Wayne when he was first, first starting out in comedy. He didn't even go by his name, Bobby or Bobby Wayne. He was Honky V. Cool. And I will never forget... (laughs) In my defense, I grew up watching a lot of Comic View. Okay, I thought that was the way it was supposed to be done. <laughs> uh, and I've even made friends with some of the guys that had nicknames. But you know what I mean? T Rex. You know who that is? That's Todd Rex. Yeah, T Rex is cool as hell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I thought the nickname thing was the way to go. So you and a few other guys will still call me Honky at times, and it's great because no white person calls me Honky. It's always a black guy or a Mexican guy. Then it makes all other white people uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, like, and for me, it's not like I'm trying to remind you of when I met you. It's just because it was stuck in my head because that's what I met you as, you know, and so I addressed you as Honky when we would, like, chat or smoke or whatever, you know what I mean? I'd just be like, yeah, that's uh, Honky. Yeah. And so then when you changed to uh, SpongeBob Fat Pants. <laughs> oh, that, that's my Twitter. My Twitter handle is FunBobFatPants. FunBobFatPants. Yeah, I knew it was something like uh, SpongeBob, but the fat pants always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I actually, when I, I, I dropped the honky be cool, and then on Twitter I was like, all right, I like FunBobFatPants as a handle. 
but everything else was my real name, Bobby Wayne Stotts. And then somebody was like, man, you're not branding yourself correctly. And I changed my Twitter handle to my name, and I got way less action. And then somebody sent me a message, and they were like, oh, I just realized you used to be Fun Bob Fat Pants. That was such a cool name. And I was like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, Fun Bob Fat Pants was fun. Yeah, so I went back to it. Luckily, nobody picked it up. And, and it went with your personality. Yeah, well. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, not your personality, but, like, your joke style, like what you do. Because you do have fun with uh, weight. You're not a person who believes in being fat shamed, clearly, or you're no. not. Yeah. Not at all. If it were, if, I mean, if it weren't for fat shaming, uh, I would be much more obese. It's the it's that's just the, it's that voice in the back of my head that's always like the people that did make fun of me mainly my dad it's his voice it's the one that's always like you fat piece of shit or whatever whatever you know jokes he would make uh, those jokes are the ones that are in my head so the fat shaming did do some good it wasn't the healthiest way to to teach me that lesson but uh, yeah I'm okay with a little bit of it. Yeah, well, you seem to be, like, uh, very healthy about your relationship with that. Because, you know, the world does have what they think. And then there's also the fact that you look like what would be considered a redneck. Yeah, well, for all functionality purposes, I am. You know what I mean? We're sitting in my garage, and there's a frame for a pickup truck I built right next to us. You know, so that's redneck shit. Yeah, and he does mean built. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I want everybody at home to know he's not like. (laughs) It's not something I screwed a couple pieces to. It's all like from, you know, I cut it all from steel. So, yeah, you look at me and you see the way I dress and you you even just you look at me. I'm like the like if there was a, a racist video game, I am the default white guy. Yeah, and Honky does like you look like the kind of guy that would have a chain in your hand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was gonna be your yeah. like <laughs> But yeah, and so Honky was like an appropriate like I was I gotta admit, I thought it was a good way of like making people know you, but I can see why you got away with it, got away from it because uh, you know, it, Bobby Wayne also though, like just Bobby Wayne, which is usually the way I think of you is also really explains you or like gives people a, yeah, it's, it's, it, it does sound like a very redneck name, Bobby Wayne. And that's, uh, one of my favorite things about, I guess my style on stage is that I'm not the typical redneck. I'm very open-minded. Um, I'm what a lot of people consider a liberal. I'm more of an anarchist, but I'm very liberal. I'm very open-minded about a lot of You stuff. are very liberal. Yeah. That's what people, yeah, <laughs> it, it would be the complete opposite on that of what people would think about you as, when they saw you and heard the name Bobby Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's, I've had other comics. I've had uh, a, a comic named Raj, who's, he's from Texas, but he's of Indian descent. And at first talking to me, he was a little iffy. And then after a little while of bullshitting with me, he's like, dude, you're not the typical Southern person. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's why I don't live there anymore. I don't fit in. So to explain it for everybody, put it back together, uh, Bobby Wayne is a cisgender white male that was raised in... (laughs) Where were you? uh, Where were you raised in? Uh, I was raised in Mississippi, a town called Vicksburg, Mississippi. Somebody's knocking. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> I'll call you in a minute, Lou. All right, bud. Oh, okay. All right, thanks, Lou. 
it's either food or drugs. I don't know what he just dropped by my garage door. <laughs> Whatever it is, your wife wanted it. <laughs> At least he's dropping it off and not giving it to her personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Lou uh, is clearly one of Bobby Wayne's friends because the way he knocked on the window was like he was... Not afraid of getting shot? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, 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 so uh, we were describing you. And so... Uh, your um what's your your uh description of yourself uh basically i'm just a dude that's tired of people fucking with me yeah you know what i mean like that's i just kind of want everybody to do their own stuff and you know what i mean like it's hard to explain but i'm a very like uh laissez-faire kind of guy like just as long as your pursuit of happiness doesn't interfere with mine play on player like so that's that's hard to put that in a box i guess i don't know like i yeah, but like, um, I guess, I guess maybe you feel like people are fucking with you because you do fall into, uh, because that's why I described you the way I described you, because you do fall into a particular, like, there's a way that people are supposed to think about you in society right now. And so I think in that way, like, you can understand what, um, to some degree, what other people go through, people of color go through in a lot of cases, having a stereotype pushed on them. Absolutely. Growing up in Mississippi and being as open-minded as I am, uh, I grew up with black people. I went to a school that was 50% white folks, 50% black folks, and like four Mexicans. Mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how Southern this place is. So luckily I grew up with black friends and like, I'm not going to say I didn't notice color, but I learned early on that it does matter to some people. Yeah. And it does make a difference in some areas in life where I have advantages for being white, where my black friends would get... F I was riding around with three black dudes in the car one time. I'm in the right rear passenger seat. We get pulled over. I get pulled out and searched. And at first, I'm like, yeah, see, it happens to everybody. And then the cop's like, hey, man, are you okay? And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you know, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, these are my boys. What? Do you what? And that, that's when shit started to click for me. I was like, dude, this is kind of screwed. It's the, the, so the you never, as far person, as you know? racism goes, uh, you personally never had, or, or like in your young, young years, did you have that where you had the prejudices and stuff like that? Um, like, you know, maybe before you were a teen or before you... Towards me or watching... Uh, my like, people towards other people. As far as your personal, because like, what were what was your family like? Did they also were they liberal or were they? No, everybody's really conservative. I mean, I, there's a lot of criminals in my family, but that doesn't mean that they're liberal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a, a lot of my people have been to a lot of my family members have been to jail plenty of times for fighting, theft, forgery, all kinds of dumb shit. Um, but no, no one's as open minded as I am, which is crazy because my mom is gay, uh, my dad's sister is gay. But she's not allowed to refer to her wife as her wife. It's her roommate everywhere they go. Roommates was back in the day, yeah. And that's, like, there's still people that are living that. Yeah. Because that's the established relationship, you know. It's, yeah, that's... So I, I watched <clears throat> my own grandparents treat my aunt and my mom like that. And I'm like, if you'll do that to your own blood or your own in-law, then other people that you don't know, you're even worse to. And that started to click for me. And then just watching how they very much led a non-racist outward appearance, but any given moment when the opportunity arose, it was there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my aunt, for instance, we were talking about my grandmother's neighborhood the other day, and I was like, they're wanting to sell the house. And I'm like, don't sell the house. It's been in the family 40 years. What's wrong with you? And then my aunt dropped it. She was like, ah, oh, there's a lot of N-words moving into the neighborhood. And I was like, holy fuck. 
Yeah. I just left church yesterday. <laughs> you know, like, what is going on? So, She's like, were they there? <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, that kind of stuff is like, you can see where they feel like it's an innocent uh, assumption of what other people are like. But in real, it's just blatant racism, but they just try to pass it off. And they've got their different ways of selling it. Uh, no, I'm not talking about all of them. Well, you didn't specify that when you said that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, it, and even if you do use that kind of word, you're not, you're it's, not using it about one specific person. Yeah, it it's hard. It is hard now. Like, I think that's where a lot of us are, especially with, because uh, I find different, a lot of different people are a lot of different places on different politically correct verbiage right now. You know, like yeah. some people are like, stop being sensitive. But I really do feel like most healthily evolved people know that the N-word is not okay if you're not black. But And there's like, and I understand passes and I'm cool with it. Like when you and your black friend have that relationship and that's what you do personally, I 100% get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's your business. But as far as in general, when you're talking to the rest of us, like I don't care what your relationship is with your best black friend or whatever. I don't care. I don't care anything about that. But when you talk to me as another non-black person and you say the N-word, I just feel like, yeah, we're neither of us are approved on this one yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and even then what's the purpose like the 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 thing that i think we forget a lot of times is like as a comedian you you only have a certain amount of time to talk so all of your words have to have a purpose when you're up there mm -hmm. and that's one of the things i've tried to just implement in life is just all your words need to have purpose and i have no purpose for that word like what even if I'm trying to have a conversation about it, mm -hmm. I know what the history behind the word is. I know that people have been called that when they've been strapped to a pole and beaten. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, and worse. Yeah, you know, and much worse. Yeah. That, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and and again, growing up in Mississippi, having black friends, and then going through Civil War history and talking about slavery, and you look at the pictures of people in chains, and then you look at the guy sitting next to you, and you're like, holy shit, that could be his grandfather. You know what I mean? Like. Because we're only, what, 160 years removed from the Civil War? Yeah. So it's not unfeasible for that to be a family member. You know what I mean? So that, it all became very strikingly real to me, racism did. And it, I saw how a lot of that stuff was still present in the way people acted in Mississippi. So, so how do you feel about, um, or how do you feel about when they're trying to take down the statues and stuff like that? I have one of two opinions. Uh, first off, they weren't, put in place for the right reason. The statues and the plaques were put in place, most of them were put in place by the sons and daughters of the Confederacy. The Confederate generals had such a bad rap after the Civil War as they should have because mm -hmm. they were turncoats. They did, they were traitors. They turned against America, the United States. And so they had such a bad rap that it became a political campaign where they took the money that they had that was handed down to them from, you know, all the shit from the plantations. Mm -hmm. And they started putting these statues up where, like, Robert E. Lee, hey, he was uh, doing the right thing on the wrong side of the war is how they pitch him. So they painted him as a hero. So when you try to take those down, southern people are like, that's the only hero we've got. It's like, dude, this was all, it was all a political move. It was propaganda to change their family name. What do you think of as a compromise... So that's they what, they tap off the you know the part of the plaque that says the nice words 
and says what they really did in American history. 100% with you know? Yeah. Like. 100% with it. But the reason I think they should be taken down, if you go to my hometown of Vicksburg, if you go right around all the rich neighborhoods, there are no Confederate monuments standing in the rich neighborhoods. But if you go to the poor, black, impoverished neighborhoods, guess where these fucking nine-foot statues of white men are standing looking over them that are Confederate generals? It's in those neighborhoods. So it, it almost feels like a, a power move yeah. in some ways. You know what I mean? And I Remember that, your history. Yeah, and that could be complete speculation on my part, but it does feel like one of those blatant things that, that was like put in the black neighborhood during the either the rebuilding era or the Jim Crow era is when those type of statues went up. So I'm with you. Either take them down or put the right inscription on there of what they did. But it's also a lot of times, though, I've noticed because I've traveled quite a bit, you know what I mean? Like, like, and in a very, like, when I was young, my parents took me, like, and this is what I think of, like, when I would think about traveling, like, because at one point when I was very young, we went on this really long vacation and we saw a bunch of states, you know, and, uh, well, it wasn't even a long vacation. It was a lot of stuff packed into a short amount of time. <laughs> you know, it felt long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's over the line on my seat. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, there was all of that. I mean, like, and it was me and my uh, two sisters, uh, three three sisters. No way. So it was six of y'all in a car traveling yeah, the country? No, yeah. Ooh. What kind of car was it? Like a station wagon? Oh, no, it was an actual van. Okay, so but, you had a little bit of room. Yeah, but it still was being in a van you know what i mean but uh, but like the thing was we went to a lot of monuments and stuff like that and the reason that in a lot of cases i'm willing to and i did say the compromise you know like uh where they actually put what they actually did in history a more uh, what would you say a more accurate version of yeah. what really happened you know or what role they really played and what kind of person they were um, also, I, I, I just know that a lot of times those monuments are also in places where that stuff happened. Yes. So this is where this particular thing happened. So for a person like me, like, especially when I was young like that, it made it feel more real for me as, and th that might be just really selfish of me feeling like that as a person who maybe wants to sometimes learn or wants to feel connected to learn, you know? History is an amazing thing because, you know, people constantly change, the technology changes, and, like, especially there, there's our battlefields that have been turned into national monuments in my hometown. They do reenactments all the time. A lot of times I feel like they have the urge to kind of rewrite the ending, but, you know, I think that's just how it's going to go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, you know, they do full-on reenactments and everything, and uh, I'm all for preserving the history. Um the whole South, especially Vicksburg, Mississippi, was a battlefield. Mm -hmm. So you are hard-pressed to find an area that wasn't, you know what I mean? So that's true. There are a lot of monuments and things that were in the battlefield. That's why I speculate on whether or not they were put in poor neighborhoods uh, to, to, to mess with people. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, <clears throat> the bigger picture for me is I think a lot of ways we need to quit glamorizing war so much. You know what I mean? And we do that on both sides of the Civil War where all of these people were treated like heroes and it's – the Union was definitely a hero. They were fighting for a cause. They were trying to free people. They were, you know, they were trying to end slavery and things like that. But we glamorize all of these damn. Like, there's. You, have you been to Stone Mountain in Georgia? I, you know, I actually, um, yes, is the short answer. But I stayed at the home of a lesbian couple. Okay. When I was in Stone Mountain, and they told me a little bit about the history. And again, that made like, and I felt so like, look at where we've come to. 
Like in Stone Mountain, I'm with two lesbians that have a daughter. One of them does comedy. Uh, Felicia McKeever Stiverson, I believe, is her last name. I don't know everything I've seen the name. Felicia McKeever, is it Stiverson? I'm sorry, Felicia, if I said the wrong name. <laughs> the Felicia McKeever. Felicia right. McKeever is definitely is definitely her name. But yeah, um, I stayed at their place in Stone Mountain. Yeah, so I know a little okay. bit about that. And it, yeah, go ahead. It's just it's three giant Confederate generals etched into the side of a mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, and they do the whole like on the Fourth of July. You can go see this whole Fourth of July presentation. And they kind of end up glorifying the the Southern movement a little bit, and they end it with Lee Greenwood's "Proud to Be an American." So it's like you can see how people feel like that's their heritage being taken down by how it's presented to them, you know? That part I didn't. Yeah, that never occurred. But yeah, now it makes so much more sense. See, this is why I feel like more people should be able to talk to each other and more people should be able to be open. Because like there is something that I never really noticed. Because if you just drive by a statue or whatever, or you get out and read, or you know what I mean, just real quick, then you have that idea of it. But if you have it from your version, or from your side where you've actually seen the way the actual show plays out, or the way they reenact it, yeah. and then play Proud to be an American, that's a side that I don't have. So yeah, or a context that I didn't have, like in a lot of cases, yeah. Because I always think of like Western, like the, the West Coast thinking, because the West Coast thinking, even though I'm Southwest, from the Southwest, um, it is a lot more, we don't have the same history. No. And that's with like, with us. It's more about the natives. Yeah, the yeah. natives who are we you know lost over that in, in white people land. They uh, they didn't really want to you know. It was always the they did talk about the trail of tears. That that much was not whitewashed. I will say that. Um, but it was never. It wasn't like Christopher Columbus. He was never taught to us the proper way. You us, know I, yeah. And then when we all became adults, we kind of felt hosed on that one. You know. Uh, I still feel hosed. Like whenever, because you always hear new stuff about Christopher. People always act with Christopher Columbus like everybody knew. And it's like, no, everybody didn't know. A lot of us went to public school and they made it sound like Christopher Columbus really did something. They never told you details. You just knew he discovered America. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that he didn't discover America. Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, that's that's another thing. Like, why are we not called the United States of Columbus? You know what I mean? It's America, and I think it's based off of Amerigo Vespucci's name, right? Yeah, so. and the, like, and the, the, the um, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead, though. But yeah, so that's the, yeah. History is what what is it? History is written by the victors, so you're never going to get the right story. You know what I mean? Like, losers don't get to tell the story for a while. Yeah, it, it, Columbus Day really does bother me, and I don't mind calling it um, what is the Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous Indigenous Peoples Day, just to be an asshole in that way, because it's, it's to me Columbus Day is such a sham. And I know that Italian Americans get like upset anytime anybody talks about changing the name officially and whatever. But it's just like. Come on. I mean, like, I get it. You want representation, but we don't have a Cesar Chavez day. <laughs> right. Well, look, all right. I'm going to have to stick up for white people here. All right. You already took Jesus away from us, made him Middle Eastern. Next thing you know, Santa's going to come out as black. And if you take 
Columbus away from us. What white heroes do we have, Ty? Well, remember, Santa got to be black in the mall. People tried to, there were people that tried to fight that way, you know, like. (laughs) You're you're arguing the ethnicity of an imaginary person, you know, like that's where we've gotten to, where people are so nitpicky. Because we're supposed to imagine white in the United States. We're supposed to imagine white. We used to have a, uh, oh man, what was it called? We used to do a, we used to have a, a, independent party that was put on by some of the mothers at our school and it was called something like called white christmas mm-hmm. and it was invite only guess who all got invited just nothing white but white kids <laughs> just five people yeah just nothing <laughs> but white kids and it took us till our senior year to realize that one when we were like white christmas we we're like where's all the black kids where where are all the black kids And we we're like what the f- why is this invite only and then it hit us, and we're like, "This is what the fuck is wrong with these people?" We still went, but we were mad about it. Of course, you still <laughs> went. Yeah, yeah, you're hot chicken. chicken. Yeah, you're gonna trying to get my go. finger wet. Hot me. chicken? Is that what you? Were <laughs> yeah, hot chicken. That's more of my. That's probably what I was gonna get my hands on. It wasn't gonna be a hot chick. It was gonna be hot chicken. I've never had hot chicken. <laughs> I haven't, and I love chicken, but I've never like for Memphis, I guess. Is, oh, you like, that you know, like spicy type, like some spicy chicken. Don't they call it hot chicken? Well, it depends on how they season it, like the Nashville hot. You've been, you went to the KFC drive-thru and you was going to get one of the little zingers, wasn't you? Oh, I've had anything at KFC that yeah. sounded even halfway good. The, you know, the Kentucky Gold and the whatever, whatever. Yeah, I had those. I, I had to quit getting the, the, I think it was called Georgia Gold. Georgia Gold, is that what it was? They didn't put enough sauce on it one time and it really made me sad. I was like, I can't deal with this kind of letdown anymore. It, re- it ruined my day, man. I was so looking forward to that. You yeah you gotta check that out before you go. Like I check my sauce, like when I'm having a fatty day, yeah. like my cheat day. Yes, I check things. I'm like, right. let me make sure this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, the right. way I need it. You know what I mean? Because I only have wet. when I'm really and I've been so terrible about my diet lately. But when I'm really good about my diet, my cheat days really do keep me sane. And on my cheat days, I have absolutely anything. So I make sure everything... Because it's like, if you fuck it up for me, I'm not going to have that again until at least next week. Oh, and you and got, next week, I'm going to have different cravings. You just got to stew about it all week. Yeah, and then never make it up until later, later. Oh, that's the worst. You know, which does happen occasionally. I forget. I'm off my game. I trust people. The lady at the drive-thru smiles. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I can trust... Nothing feels worse than when you like a drive-thru employee, you know, like just mm-hmm. have a quick, like, this person is doing their job. And then you leave and they don't have your shit right. And you're like, that fucking bitch. That's why they're happy. They don't give a shit. Yeah, she was supposed to be good. She was my girl. <laughs> we got it right last time. But yeah, so um, go you, ahead. You want to know, uh, one of the things that people, I love when people talk about reverse racism. That's always, uh, there's, that's a, a funky thing. Like people can be discriminatory. People of race can be discriminatory against white people, but they can't necessarily be ra- racist because racism comes from a position of power, correct? Is mm-hmm. that the way this breaks down? So uh, the only instance of real racism I've ever uh, faced other than just being called a fucking white boy or cracker or whatever, which even that was laughable. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't pack the same punch. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, we used to go to downtown Vicksburg and ride our skateboards. It is pretty humorous, like cracker <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> like honky even. Like the names are, you know, kind of. Look, look where the names come from. Cracker comes from the the field masters cracking the whip. That's mm-hmm. what I was always told on that one. And then honky comes from the guys that were going to the ghettos and buy the black prostitutes, they would pull up and honk the horn is the story I've been told behind that. So 
even that doesn't come from a very negative place. Yeah. You know what I mean? So You're uh, getting hoes. Yeah. What are you supposed to be doing? Right. You know, like nothing wrong with... Especially, yeah. especially back then because they were dressed dapper as fuck, man. They were all wearing the suits with the little vest on and the, they all looked like they were in Spy versus Spy, you know? Fucking honkies. Yep. So I went into... Uh, we used to go downtown and ride our skateboards because it was all like nice, smooth concrete. And then we'd go get something to eat and we went down there on a Sunday and we were like, dude, church is chicken. Let's go in there. So we go in there, and it's full. Church had just let out. Everyone's in there getting chicken. We are the only white kids in there, and we're like 10 people back from the register. And the dude that's ringing up, this old black couple, stands up on his tippy toes, looks at us, looks back at the rack full of chicken, and goes, sorry, we're out of chicken. (laughs) 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 And we looked at each other. We're like, fuck it. We're going to Blimpy. You know, like it did in no way ruined our day. And that's when I was like, this is most reverse racism is not like what actual racism is it's laughable which is unfortunate you know what i mean like i could have taken that the wrong way and been an asshole about it but i was like that's somebody that looks like me treated that dude like shit at some point and that's the only retaliation he's ever been able to get maybe so well you kind of make one of the points that i have like when you're white you can never really experience racism just because and i understand there's different versions where you feel it's like almost like a version of it but because you can always go to the next restaurant and be white again yep. it wasn't like it's and it's never going to be like that you know and it never should in my in my opinion like i don't feel like white people have to go through it for us now to all be on a regular plane but at the same time i also feel like just don't try to educate me about certain things when it comes to racism and discrimination oh man as a white it's so insulting when white people do that to people of color it's like do not and i get that you have feelings and whatever and even if you really like when white people even come off come at that one woman uh candace owens candace owens She's the um, female, uh, she's like the black Tommy Laren. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, when they come at her with the like, you know, how can you as a black woman, I'm always like, that's where you don't go as a white person, and I don't care if you're even right in what you're saying. Just ethnic people don't need to hear you. Nah. Like when it comes, it's just so frustrating as a person of color. You know, I had an incident like that and I'm not at all, I feel shady towards this incident. I talked about it on an episode of Unbothered and I feel unbothered by it. And I think the person was going through a hard time personally in their own life. And I have like let it go on um, an emotional level. Okay. Uh, Or, you know, like a not liking that person even level. You know, I'm still disappointed in the way the situation played out. But the thing was, um, there was a point where this particular, this comic used the N-word while we were on the road together. What? What? (laughs) Yeah, and it was on our way. This was what makes it even worse to me, and a lot of people don't really understand this, is we were on our way to go to the Martin Luther King... Memorial, like not memorial, the Lorraine Motel, well, the memorial basically, but oh, you know what I mean? Though, yeah, the fucking, so we're on our way to go to that, and uh, I, I was being silly, and so I was like, you know, because the address to the Lorraine Motel is on Martin Luther King Boulevard, and I was like, isn't that a coincidence? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's on Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> you know, like, so I like, and I realize that that's a bit dad jokey of me or whatever. Like, I fully own that. But, you know, to me, it was cute and it was fun. And, like, you know, again, I love going to where actual history happened or, you know, even tragic things. I went to the Oklahoma City. Uh, the I was just thinking, me and John Hilder, you know Hilder, right? Yeah. Me and Hilder were on the road together and, uh, we ended up going by there, and I was like, "Hey, let's go check it out." So we did, and it's a when you it's like if you've ever been to any battlefield or anywhere that like a lot of people have died and there's a memorial, it feels weird there. Yeah, like, you feel the, the energy. Yeah. So we're at the memorial, and me and John are just looking around, and we're taking it in, and we're we're like, "Man, this is heavy. Like kids died right here." Mm-hmm. And then you see these like ditzy ass blonde chicks like taking selfies with a big old smile on their face in front of the memorial, and I'm like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" You know what I mean? Like People are so self-absorbed now that they can't be in, like, you know, even in that moment or understand. It's just like, my hair looks great. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you do get to see even this, like, the scope of things or the, like... How silly is that? Here's me in my hotel room. Here's me at a stoplight. Here's me at where a mass bombing happened. Like... <laughs> <laughs> We don't need to see your face right there. Yeah, what really got me is, uh, you know, where they show, or maybe you don't remember, because there is a lot of stuff there, but where they show, like, the light pole and the way it's, like, crushed up and, like, you know, it did some damage. And, uh, like, it did some damage. It did a lot of fuck. It, like, you think about what it would take for, like, a light pole to fly. You know what I mean? Like, the amount of, because you a don't think about what, probably 10, 15 feet away from where the explosion happened. Yeah, and you don't think about this kind of stuff when you're, you know. Yeah. Oh, if, if you go You to hear it, or even when you see it on TV, you know, it's like stuff like that that really brings it to life. Or like when they play like the recording of like the, the minutes when they were having that town, I don't know what it was. It was a, some kind of uh, official meeting. Dude, uh, when the October 1st shooting happened down at Mandalay Bay, uh-huh. Crystal and I had just got home, and someone posted the police scanner link to it, yeah. and we listened to the entire thing on the scanner. You know how nuts that is to know that we can stand on our roof and see where a mass shooting is happening? That yeah, was I insane. Had yeah, yeah. So, like, talk about being in the moment. And I pass by there all the time, you know, leaving from, like, certain shows down there on the trop. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, like when you, and that's one of those areas. When you go by there, you're like, man, this place just ain't, it just ain't right. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you really do. If you're any kind of aware of what's going on, you pick up the vibe, and some of these people just don't get it, man. So. And so then uh, that's what led to saying the N-word, and that's what especially bothered me was because it was like we're on our way to a place where a person died to in a sense, not be called that word or, you know, not or that word. Like people should get it on some level. And so then, uh, then, so she says, after I say my she? dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a thought about- <laughs> Here's the thing. When white guys say it, I'm like, you're an idiot, but he can be punched. Uh-huh. But when a white broad says it, I'm like, you're just utilizing every bit of privilege that you have. As a white female to not get hit. Yeah. Like, it's, I learned early on in life, there's some shit you don't say because you might lose a tooth over it. Mm-hmm. So you don't say it. Yeah. So she says, um, 
yeah, I wonder what it was called back then, you know, killing N-word Boulevard. And But she actually said the N-word. Uh, hard R, but not super hard. Not like, you know what I mean? It was sort of like she threw the joke away. She kind of sailed the R, you know? <laughs> she, she knew she'd made a bad joke about halfway through it probably and ran out of steam. Yeah, and so I tried my best to be um, like just... Okay, I'm gonna pretend that I didn't hear that, or but I was just bothered, you know, and and I was bothered. That's, that's a legit. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that one. And that's- so then it turns into a thing where this person expects me to, uh, like, at a point, console them. Because I ended up getting uncomfortable with them saying the N-word. And it just showed, and I didn't mean for it to. And that's, like like I said, the person is in the point of the story. The, the thing that sucks that a lot of people don't understand sometimes is that as a person of color, it is insulting to a degree that people wouldn't understand when not only are you were you expected at first to listen to a person say something that you weren't comfortable with regarding race where they should know. Then after that, that person has the nerve to think that you should console them. Yeah. And this happens a lot with white people. That's why I say it's not about the person, it's about the situation. And I think a lot of white people need to really take inventory of themselves when it comes to that and not try to ask us to do that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, you know, and I don't know where you got your sense of, you know, dealing with people of color. Well, you're explaining it, but it, it's a way that makes sense to me because I never felt insulted by you, even though we have disagreed. Oh, yeah. You know, on. Yeah. But you and I have always been able to. And we, we've reached a point where we're like, all right, neither one of us is budging. You know what I mean? Like neither one of us is making a point that we, we either one of us wants to hear. And amicably, we realize that that's just the conversation. Yeah, you know and if I mean? we really hated it from the other, we wouldn't be around anymore. It's been years. We went through the rough patch on Facebook where... <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but that's... I feel like if you don't ever do that... that election. <laughs> oh, man. And that's, a, that's another one of those where, like, I get why people vote different sides. There's many, many different reasons, but me as the anarchist, I'm like, why the fuck are you guys giving rich people more power? That was, that's my biggest concern. Like, you're just making them, you're taking a person that already had everything and giving them secret service protection and paychecks for life. And all, you know what I mean? They already had the golden spoon. But see, that, I think a lot of people feel like that kind of stuff is going to happen no matter what. The biggest problem for a lot of us, well, I can't speak. I was, well, I feel like I can speak for a certain segment. And I really do feel like that because so many people either supported me openly or spoke with me privately where they were along the same thinking that I was, where it was just like, that stuff is going to happen anyway. The way that the left this time was trying to micromanage was what was going to suck. Like the fact that I'm not allowed to have, even as an LGBT man, I'm not allowed to have certain opinions about trans, even though I've had a lot of trans friends. I'm not allowed to say, this is my experience. And it's not a ninety. 9% of what I feel about trans people is not negative on any level. It's just that 0.1% that, you know, that, you know, that is, is like 99.9. Yeah. I'd say that's because I have so many trans friends. There's just that one small where you're like, no, that you're being hateful with people because you were picked on your entire life. And I get it on a, on a level and I respect it, like respect it that that's something that's valid and you should work through it and I should be nice to you if you're going to be open about it and be 
Yeah. Well, see, the the, the reason I think genuine. Of, oh yeah. Just not yelling at people like you're a dumb asshole. You're and it's like, it's you're angry. They're angry. I'm not on anybody's side right now. But the fact is, you're even coming after me now, and I'm a person that's really on your side and really wants to see you get all the rights that you should get as a trans person and be treated like everybody else and not be bullied because I have seen it happen to my friends so many times. And now you're trying to bully me for expressing it in a way where I feel like I can offer another piece to the puzzle so people see trans people as what they are, which is actual fleshed out human beings. Absolutely. You know, they're not just a a movement or something that you like. Um, I now, you know, because all of us need some correction every once in a while. Yep. Everybody, especially when you kind of, you feel like you're doing the right thing all the time, you kind of get a bit in a bit of a power trip, you know what I mean? And you're, you got blinders on because you're like, I'm doing the work of the Lord. I got my sword out and I'm cutting motherfuckers down. And yeah. At some point, you do get a bit uh, willy-nilly with it. All of us, you know what I mean? You, yeah. The more powerful you feel like your words are, the more freely you throw them around. Uh, and then you get something that gets a shitload of likes and a bunch of comments Oof. telling you you're the fucking, you know, like you just said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People feel you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You know, I, uh, I I watched the the left again. I, I'm considered a liberal, uh, just very free about a lot of shit. Um, but I watched the left, and even that's embarrassing to be a part of because of every like it seems like everyone's extremist now, mm-hmm. and and the politicians push them that way because that's the only way they're going to get reelected. You know what I mean? Like if we were all middle of the road voters, their percentage of chance their percentage of getting reelected or chances of getting re- reelected goes down. Yeah. But if they push you to one side and me to one side, then we're going to be loyal. We're going to be brand loyal. Coca-Cola or Pepsi, motherfucker. You know what I mean? The United States, people love being on a team. Yeah. Well, it's tribalism. It's yeah, all, but it's, they want a team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is my team. It's yep. like, And then you, you, everyone's been pushed to extremes, and then a lot of people fall in line with what their parents told them, and they don't ever seek out any more information to grow. But So you take that from both sides, but you look at the left, this has been an extremely conservative country since we were founded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the people that are bitching about liberals wanting a safe place are the same ones that freak out when a titty flops out on the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So they want a safe place too. They just want it to be their safe place. They don't want it to be something that takes them out of their comfort zone, which is where people of color have equal rights. You know what I mean? But they But it was also a black titty which gave people a different Oh, imagine being racist and turned on by yeah, a black titty. Oh, that's a lot. And you oh. just did it to me right and then I wasn't expecting to see that. And you was a gay man too. You were like, oh, "I kind of liked it, I think. I don't know, you know." It was kind of you wanted to evaluate. As right. a gay man, I can tell you, you want it was more analytical. And I have my ideas. I'm just not going to say anything <laughs> because men that love tits have told me I'm wrong, so I'm like, "All right, well, you guys actually love tits so uh, when men that love tits like the the titty like you know the freeze frame because if you saw it on tv yeah you know it was instant (laughs) yeah but i mean for for all of us that have waited years to see janet jackson's titty time slowed down like as soon as it happened i gotta admit yeah it did feel like time did slow like it was yeah and then it it wasn't even just that it was her titty it was just that holy (laughs) shit moment you're like jt just ripped her clothes off rad like 
he said, going to have you naked by <laughs> yeah, the end of this song. And he ain't a liar. Yep, he, he kept his word. And then he turned into a bitch and he sold her out. And so a lot of people of color will never like Justin Timberlake because he, of that. What, what do you mean he sold her We out? don't forget. Because he apologized right away. And she said it was a wardrobe mal- malfunction. Oh. So if he apologized. He, he blew the cover. People saw it as him kind of leaving her out there. And then, you know, then he got to do his performance the following week or whatever it was. Like, you know, right after at one of the other award show. And then her album, they just decided... The, Janet Jeez. Jackson gets nothing now. And he wouldn't even be... She was one of the pioneers of the type of music that he does. And she really was the reason to watch that performance. You yeah. know what I mean? That's when her body was at its most and she was older, so that made her even more... Like, sometimes when people talk too much about, like, ageism in that way, I feel like, not really. Because Janet Jackson and Angela Bassett are two people that have been able to be sexy... Vivica Fox? Vivica Fox, My yes. God. Yeah. Halle she, Berry? I mean, it goes uh, Jennifer Aniston. Halle Berry's crazy as fuck, though. You know what I mean? Oh, like, you read the tabloids vagina, about her, huh? I mean, she's got good vagina. Uh, I know. Yeah, crazy does fuck good, but it, you just don't want it around because it gets like, oof. It's taxing. God damn, it's taxing. Yeah, and you're gonna put up with it for once you find it, and you you know like that, because it is good. It's addictive. Yeah, you're like, I can't. You're like fucking. Sane chick won't let me come there. I yeah, <laughs> you know, I like, wish you would fucking stop kicking my door in because it really turns me on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to open this door, and who knows what's gonna happen then. Yeah. When we're done fist fighting, we're gonna come hard. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, different generation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 weird. That so I think I think with that being said, that we've been a conservative, an extreme conservative country for so long, where only basically white men have a majority of the rights and, mm-hmm. and abilities. So now that there's a lot of equality coming along and people pushing for it, extremism is met with extremism. So the left is pushing way the hell out here just to try and get some sort of balance going, I feel. Maybe not intentionally, but that's how people are wired. You know what I mean? If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. So after, people are tired of being complacent. The left and liberals have always been kind of the complacent ones that hold back. So now I think that's where people are just tired of the shit. You know what I mean? So is the left going too far? Absolutely. But I would rather side with the, the people that want safe spaces and want you to fuck more and work less. See, I don't mind a lot of what the left is talking about. Technically, I, it's just the way, you know, like, because I tell people this all the time. It's like, for me, I'm cool with whatever. But if you want me to join you on your plan, you got to have your shit together, at least in the way that, like, when uh, Black Lives Matter, the girls interrupted Bernie during his speech. And then there was another, like, maybe a week or two later, where a girl showed up at one of um, Hillary Clinton's speeches and just had a Black Lives Matter, you know, like, poster. And my thinking was... Just as far as that goes, one, if you thought Bernie had a chance or you wanted to have a, have him have a chance, you just fucked it up by letting these girls do this. Because now people, a lot of people, including myself, felt like if this guy can't keep control of his own rally, how's he going to keep control of the country? Or, you know, like this it shouldn't have happened. And I understand he was in a tough spot and I get it. I get it. I get it. But right. Obama could have gotten fucked when he was dealing with the, the dreamer, yeah. uh, you know, the, that came like heckled him basically. And he was able to handle that tactfully. So that's where you get to see what, what I, I think 
and I this is again I have no idea what Bernie's thinking at that moment, but sometimes he he Bernie being see Bernie seems like the type of guy that he wants to come off as fair as possible. Uh huh. So and he, what he probably did was like it's not going to look good for me if I try to silence two black women trying to make their opinion made. So yeah, you're right. He was in a very hard spot on that one um, because if he does take the mic away, they're like, oh, there's that white privilege again. You know what I mean? And then if he sits back on this one, then he doesn't look assertive enough. And he also was probably like, hey, they deserve a voice too. Because he, he just seemed like... I get all the reasons. I don't think they should have put him in that position. I agree. Like, no, if yeah. you're supposed to be good leadership and stuff like that, you don't put him in that position. Because a lot of the country is going to see it the way I did, where it's like, like I said. And then people will argue with me and they'll be like, well, that's not uh, that's not why you lost and that many, not that many people thought that way. Well, I don't really think about things that way because I always think about things like when you're working out and you're watching what you eat and you're watching your diet. Like, all of these super little changes are what end up equaling the big change. Mm -hmm. So when you're losing people because of that, there's a problem there. When you're supposed to be a particular organization, like in that situation, or not even organization, just uh, a movement, Black Lives Matter, with that situation, um, it looked bad because it's like, okay, so you don't support Hillary and you don't support Bernie. You got to let one of them be your person if you're supposed to actually be a movement. There's got to be one way that's best for you out of all of what's going on. Or bring somebody better to the table. Yeah. You know. But I think in most cases, most... A lot of black people I knew really felt like Bernie was going to be their best. Bernie, I, the only time, thing that I really disagree with Bernie on is the free school. Uh, I do think we need to have more... Uh, government-involved education, and I do think that businesses should be involved with the education in this country because businesses profit from the education in this country, mm -hmm. so they should be investing in the people that are coming up, you know? Um, so I do agree with that to an extent, but I think in order to rebuild the infrastructure of this country, we need to get back to people that know how to do things with their hands. So if Bernie would have been like, hey, free college for sure, but also free tech school, like let's teach mm -hmm. people trades, Let's get people back to welding and wrenching and building and, you know what I mean, so people can actually do things. We've got enough graphic designers, you know what I mean? Like, the graphic designers are needed, but graphic designers don't fix the world, you know what I mean? And that's that's what we need are people that do that kind of shit. We're kind of a smokescreen because we, all we have is really ideas. Yeah. Like, well, everything else gets done out, you know, it gets outsourced in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. All the, the heavy lifting gets done, which is not that we don't have capable of, capable people here. Part of the problem, though, is that, like, you know, since everybody wants to be rich here, it doesn't, you know... I got to say, honestly, if I could... If things were more like normal and I could just be a comic and live just like a regular, regular life, I would 100% just do that. Dude, why do you think I love telling jokes? Uh, I love going on the road to tell jokes, mm -hmm. but I love my family more and I don't want to miss time with them. So I work a day gig here in town and do jokes. I still do six shows a week here in town. But well, man. that's what I mean by live a regular life, you know, because like right now, I sometimes I have to be on the road so much that it really does suck, you know, like it, it, it's... Yeah, it, it does, like, it would be nice to just stay close to home and but that's not what it is right now. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough all around. You gotta have, and like, 
Oh, we uh, we were walking with our kids through the mall the other day, and they had a hologram greeter at mm-hmm. one of the jewelry stores. And it looked just like a normal lady. She was saying all the things a normal lady would say, but it was a greeter that was a hologram just standing there. And my wife, Crystal, looked over at me, and she goes, that took somebody's job. And I patted my oldest daughter on the head, and I said, you better make sure you're useful when you graduate high school because all the easy jobs are going away. Yeah, well, you know, they started talking about that $15 an hour minimum wage, and then I had told people all they're going to do is find machines, and then, like, you know, shortly after that, McDonald's started doing their, and in China, it's already like that, but China's a different system, yeah. you know? Well, and that, I, like, I'm all for the, like, I, I think we need to close the wage gap. I, I think everyone should be allowed to make as much money as they want to, but uh, we also need to realize that, like, McDonald's can't afford to pay people $15 an hour for selling their half-ass burgers when they're giving their, you know what I mean, when they're giving their CEOs $30 million bonuses and they've never stepped foot in a restaurant or flipped a burger, yet the people that do flip the burgers and make sure he can get that $30 million bonus can't make over minimum wage. Like, come on, man, you're, you're profiting off of people that are uneducated. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it if you want to make more money, but that means the whole middle class is supposed to move up. It doesn't, that's what, that pissed me off about the blue-collar community. I'm like, you guys are shooting yourself in the foot right now because EMTs were posting, like, I make $15 an hour. Why should somebody flipping a burger make $15 an hour? And I wanted to knock on their forehead and be like, hey, stupid, now's when you should be like, hey, they do deserve $15 an hour, and I deserve $25 an hour. But they didn't do that. They bitched about the guy below them that wanted to make more money instead of taking it out on the person above them that's making exponentially more money than them. You know what I mean? It's so, yeah, what you're saying really does make so much sense. It's just not something that I think most of us really think about. No. You know, everybody is caught up in this because every, well, I think it also has to do with the fact that a fair amount of people do want to be actual ballers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's a show about watching people be rich. Yeah, our Instagram, like a lot of the stuff people put out on Instagram, it really is like, yeah, you're selling a lifestyle here. This isn't really... There's the there's a, a hashtag, the rich kids of Instagram, and you can just sit there and it's just all these rich kids doing rich kids stuff. And that's, you know, that's what people... And they have millions of followers and... Yeah. Tw- you know, hundreds of thousands of likes. And then you go... I bet if you go scroll through it, it's all people under 21. And people that, you know what I mean, they have unreal expectations of what they can pull off in adulthood now because they're just sitting there watching people be rich with no real idea how to get rich. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, it has become, it's, well, but, you know, it's also great to look at. I got to admit, I like looking at pretty pictures and, you know. But you and I have a, we don't have an unreal expectation. You know what I mean? You don't look at that picture and go, I'm going to get that and and not finish it with, with hard work and dedication. You know what I mean? Like, you know it's going to take all kinds of hard work to achieve that. Yeah. You know, a lot, like my kids, they'll sit there and watch that kind of stuff and it just doesn't click in their head all the time. I'm like, if you want that kind of stuff, you need to get better than a C in fifth grade math. You know what I mean? You got to do better than that. Yeah. No, 100%. It's... You know, I I know that I do want to have kids at one point, but that's well. I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think of that by looking at you again. Uh, you are a family man as well. Yes, sir. You're not uh, some swinging single <laughs> out there slaying the Las Vegas pussy. <laughs> Doesn't it sound extra gross when I say pussy? Uh, yeah. Pussy. <laughs> 
You had a it's a, you had two extra U's in there. <laughs> Pussy. Pussy. <laughs> yeah, family life's awesome, man. I uh I got four kids. Uh three of them are, are stepchildren, but I consider them my own. Mm-hmm. Uh I love them to death. It, it's interesting because I went from being a, a swinging single in Vegas to having three kids with one on the way, uh, you know what I mean, in a very short amount of time. And it was a qu- it was a very, like, abrupt life change. You know what I mean? I went from being able... I was, I was on the road, you know, four to five months at a time. Yeah, and you're not a guy that looks like you're bad with girls. Thank you. You know, like, you Thank don't... You. Yeah, that's some, another thing people wouldn't get about you. Like, you know, yeah, you... I mean, and you're not living that life, you know, that, like... No. I don't get laid kind of life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's just one of those things. Like, I feel like the more you talk about I don't get laid, the more pussy you're talking yourself out of. Yeah, and you've been with Crystal for how long? Six years. Crystal is fun on Facebook. Man, and she's she's just as, like, strong-willed and forward-thinking as people like us are, which I love because, like, when you have nothing but comic friends, it is so hard to bring an outsider in yeah. that you're dating. You know what I mean? Because we say the meanest, rudest shit to one another at a jest, and someone that's not part of our circle doesn't always get that. Yeah. And uh, when it's their turn to have that gun pointed at them, they don't like it. And she's great. She'll sit there and talk shit and hang with everybody, and I love it. it she'll tell me you're coming to town before I know you're coming to town sometimes. Like, she'll see your, your one of your flyers pop up. She's like, we're going to see Ty this week. All right. Yeah, me and her, like, uh, really do have a fun uh, Facebook relationship because she's the same kind of troll I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's different stuff. She's got different ideas, but she's the same kind of troll where she'll just say certain things. And it's like, I think a lot of people felt like people like me and her were trying to... Uh, trying to piss people off but really what it feels like both of us were doing i know more what my intention was was i wanted to weed out the people that didn't get it yeah like if you don't get it i don't care if you get offended i don't care what you do on your way out just find your way out yeah (laughs) because you know like this is the kind of stuff i say and sometimes it is for me like i i care about certain stuff i say and stuff some stuff i really don't care about it but if you argue it with me i'll definitely debate it with you yeah you know but i really the core of me doesn't care about it. Like, I go home and I'm like, or I get off Facebook and I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about that. I wasn't did that. My favorite thing to do. Your friends got on my nerves that one day, though. Which one? Remember there was that day that you had that monster thread and I was dealing with a couple of people and I got so annoyed with them. And it wasn't, it was. Man, you know what? I hit a dilemma, Ty. Because I saw, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was giving you a hard time. And Again, I, the people don't matter the situation. Yeah. yeah so it so, doesn't matter their names. So, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching it, and I was about to say something, and I was like, man, if I stand up before Ty handles this, I'm going to get my ass ripped too. I was like, because I was like, I was about to speak up, and I was like, nope. Because if I say something, Ty's going to be like, I'm a big girl, Bobby. Fucking get off my <laughs> ass. I got this. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'll let it, I, it when when you finally were like, all right, I've had enough of this shit. That's when I was like, all right, you know, like no, because this is a thing that gets on my nerves. Like I don't care if people strongly disagree with me, but what I hate is when friends that I know 
like and know me and know what I do are seeing other people say that I'm not like you know I I'm sure you're or everybody knows you're not funny at all or I'm sure you're not funny at all like that kind of stuff and it's like okay if we're gonna talk about the facts of whatever we're talking about like right now whatever it is Trump I don't care then let's talk about those facts but especially because I do it all the time on my page where somebody will be like you know I'm sure you're an unfunny hack whatever to one of my friends and technically the, the person is supporting my position against but not knowing that that's my friend and that I actually know them and I'll just politely be like oh yeah so and so is actually really funny so even though I, I appreciate you having my back and I don't like I, I make it so I'm not scolding them yeah you know because I don't ever want people to feel like I don't want them to support me I appreciate your enthusiasm but just I don't feel like you have to be like that on my behalf especially with somebody that I like and so when people were taking that route that's where I feel like as a friend like somebody should just jump in and be yeah. like and I get that like for you it didn't f see that same way so that's where that came in you know yeah. like I don't I, I don't ever expect anybody to jump in on my side when it's just like you know we're debating uh, uh, Facts and opinions. Because, yeah. you know, that's what a lot of people don't get. Like, really, none of us are debating facts. Yeah. We're yeah. debating facts that are mixed with opinions. Yeah. <laughs> We're debating things that we've seen from our point of view our entire life. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's all we've got. Yeah. To tell somebody that their point of view is incorrect. We might have some stats. They might be legit <laughs> yeah. stats. You know what I mean? If but you got stats, it's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. But then when... So, but then, but even then, man, we, we've entered the era of fake news. So when you do come with stats, people are like, ah, that was funded by big blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, God damn it. We're never going to Checking on Snopes. Checking on <laughs> yeah. Snopes. You're like, all right, I'll check Snopes. One time I checked Snopes, though, and they're like, in a, in a sense, they in a long way said, we don't know what happened here either. You know, like, it's debatable. And that that's one of the things, like, a lot of my conspiracy theorist friends, uh, they're fun to talk to for a little while. But then you're like, here's, okay, here's Snopes. And they're like, well, Snopes is funded by blah, 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 blah. And they yeah. have an agenda. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But the people that you get your information from have an agenda too. So that's a wash. So like, so, and I'll give like Snopes, the thing about Snopes is generally they cite their sources. Well, so if you don't believe Snopes, you can follow their trail. Then that's what you do. You hit a couple different sources. That's why like people got mad at me and thought I was defending a Donald Trump fake news thing when I just told them, if you're not getting your news from more than one source, you're not doing it right. Yep. And a bunch of people were like, you're just saying that because of fake news. And I was like, no, I'm saying that no matter which side you're on. I don't care. Like, I, do you? I used to like CNN better. Because CNN to me felt like it was giving me the news for a minute there. And Fox was so over the top, like, you know, Obama hating, like the, they were so over the top that I looked at them as not really news, more just entertainment or like WWE compared to like, you know. Yeah, the WWE and news. Yeah, yeah. like maybe MMA versus WWE type of, you know, like, it was, like I, I just thought they were two different things. I actually thought CNN was actually, uh, actually news for a while there. And then like things flipped where, you know, like things were no longer, uh, well, Obama wasn't in office anymore. And then uh, CNN started getting just as over the top as Fox and Fox stayed where they were or sometimes tried to ratchet up. But they're kind of the same to me, just different sides of the, you know, it's the whole thing is uh, it's it's that capitalism. They're all trying to make money. And, you know, uh, that what's what's the, the tagline? If it bleeds, it leads. So. You know, we used to show, the news used to show videos of squirrels water skiing, and everybody thought that was cute, but then people started calling it lame. 
and they quit watching, but they would go watch what was well, what was it? the the war in uh, Iraq is what started twenty four hour news, right? So that got people more and more into it. Like they have to make it entertaining to keep people attached to it all day so they can have people watching the advertisements. And that's why I don't really debate this kind of stuff anymore. Or like really, like, you know, for a minute there, I was into it. And I was, you know, like you were too. But And I still have a sense of humor about it and I'll still say stuff every once in a while. You know, like the other day I said, um, was Beto O'Rourke the... Latino um, Rachel Dolezal. Uh, yeah. And for me, it was just being funny. And then people started like seriously responding to me on it, you know, like in negative. And I just felt like either way, no, I don't care. I was just saying something that was funny to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm Ty Rivera. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Asian. <laughs> you know, like, so you think I really care about Beto O'Rourke's name? You know, like it's. Yeah, that's a, a Beto O'Rourke. That's. That's a weird name anyway. It sounds like a Mexican-Irish guy. Well, that's what it is. is. Well, no, it's not. um, He just was raised around a lot of Latinos, and they called him Beto to um, differentiate between him and, like, his grandfather. But he technically is Irish. um, And, you know, so... But he grew up in, like, El Paso, which is so Mexican. Well, you know... You don't want to be Irish in El Paso. You'll fucking burn. Yeah, and, and, like, you know... And, you know, and I don't have a problem with it. I, I wasn't even thinking it like that. But, like, what gets me is that everybody's so caught up in this I want to be wound up I don't care what you say or who that I don't want to feed into that anymore so when people want to debate that with me or stuff like that it's like like this I'm fine with like we're having a conversation but actually debating at this point I feel like everybody's trying to make us argue all the time (laughs) you know like why why should we argue like just talk yeah and I you know, the, the whole thing's been preached to us for years. You don't ever talk about politics or religions in a bar, you know. And now we're at a point where we haven't talked about it for years. And you know what I mean? That people are tired of each other's shit. So everyone's just at a boiling point right away. And, and then, of course, the news and everything gets them all hyped up. Is they, tell the, they tell the conservatives that liberals want to take away all your fun words and you can't make jokes anymore and no one is he or she, it's they or them. You know what I mean? And so that freaks out the right and then... They're telling the left that the right wants to take away all of their rights and they don't want gays to have any rights. I am she and her, by the way. Are you? Oh, oh I yeah. I even wore a pin one night at a party, you yeah. know, because there was a part where they had... <laughs> well, I do remember you came out as a woman on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I came out as trans. I was a yeah. trans woman. You know, during the time, like, I'm not going to try to blow myself up right here, but I was a groundbreaking trans woman. <laughs> I was. I became the first transgender person ever to host the potluck at the comedy store. No lie, that happened during my reign <laughs> while I was trans. Oh, you were trans. <laughs> then I also became the first transgender judge of roast battle at the world-famous comedy store in the belly room, the official... Yes, ma'am. All right. That's the kind of trans woman you're dealing with well, here. Well, you know, I decided to detransition. Um, <laughs> now, now, okay, the redneck side, the conservative side of me wants to know, was it a mistake? It wasn't a, a, you, you, uh, no because that's how they feel <laughs> yeah no it wasn't a mistake I'll tell you being trans was lovely just in the end it wasn't my truth <laughs> uh, see it had, you should have transitioned into a white woman you could have thrown the n-word around at memorials what do you think that. I was I was a white woman oh. why would I be anything else yeah who would why would you choose I, I was a white woman if you're gonna make any choice 
Go to the, the winning side right now. Yeah, I was a white woman. And, uh, you know, the likes of Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, like, we came out around the same time. She kind of inspired me, I got to admit. Once she came out, I was like, well. It's time. Yeah, but so, so I too used to be a track star. Yeah, here I was, uh, a trans woman, and I I did learn my lesson. I and I'm just everybody that's listening, I'm being 100% serious right now. I did actually learn something because the amount of times cuz my friends were willing to respect it and nobody like really was people knew I was having fun with it, but they didn't know how much I was having fun with it versus how much is really where I'm headed or what I'm doing. You know what I like and my friends didn't want to be insensitive and whatever else. But a lot of people really did ask me legitimately what was going on with my private parts. Really? And I got to understand that part of the being annoyed with it where people do get like, can you stop asking about that? Who else would you ask about that? Yeah. You know, what, are you, what business are my genitals of yours? Yeah. Like if you were talking to a woman and you just or I, even I was talking to a woman and I just said, so what's up with your pussy? Are you doing something with it? Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, am I doing something with it? What? <laughs> How many Matchbox cars can you fit in there? That's a weird thing. Why is that anyone's business? I, like that's another thing that I've hated where they... they like a kid will come out as trans at like six years old and all of these adult males are talking about, oh, now he, she's going to be trying to hit on my child. I'm like, why are you sexualizing a seven-year-old, man? This is weird. It's not about having sex with someone. It's about what they feel. And, and really, I feel like for some kids, as things get more and more open and people get more and more cool with just the idea of gender and not being thrown off by it or whatever, I think you'll start to see less people have less confusion about that and more people, like, where it becomes more of a thing where some people end up realizing it's just a phase they went through when they were a kid. There was a time when you liked wearing skirts or dresses and then you grew out of that and it didn't define who you wanted to have sex with. It didn't define what you wanted to do with your body. You just liked a skirt. You just got some embarrassing pictures hanging on the wall now. In some cases, yeah, or some where you make the girls jealous, you know, where they're just like, this bitch. (laughs) She was beautiful. She was on her way to being. She could have been a beautiful woman. Then she decided she just liked being Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been pretty. Damn beard. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> she just liked being bald. <laughs> Some people, like, like they... Uh, and that's one where I'm confused on what to do. And it, it's, it doesn't even... It's none of my business, really. I'm just interested as a parent how they approach these kinds of things. Because we have a, a son that we think may be gay. Mm-hmm. And, again, raised by a gay mom. I had a gay aunt. In the South, that was not necessarily fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get picked on for my mom being gay. And I got tired of it one day. And uh, this kid was making fun of my mom. He's like, your mom's gay. She had sex with chicks. And I'm like, dude, you're just pissed off. She's fucked more women than you. <laughs> and, dude, he turned beat red. We almost got into a fist fight over it, but that was the last lesbian joke I heard from him. And But I, I was like, gay people was nothing weird to me, mm-hmm. but everyone around me would treat it like it was weird. Yeah. And I'm like, what? They're human beings, guys. Like, I was standing in, uh, I was in Ruston, Louisiana, in a grocery store with my aunt. I was 11 years old. And we were waiting in line for just getting like a cashier's check or something. It's her and her big old fat girlfriend named Michelle. We called her Mooshell. That's how big she was. Uh-huh. And while we're standing in line, Mooshell. these two hillbillies behind us start calling my aunt and her girlfriend faggots. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like shocked. I'm a kid and I'm like, I know this isn't right. I've heard people use this word about gay people, but never to gay people. Mm-hmm. So this is like watching a white person call a black person the N word. And I'm mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. 
And my aunt was just cool about the whole thing, never got upset, never flipped out. And she just turned around. She's like, I really wish you wouldn't use that word around my nephew. But other than that, I don't mind you calling me a pile of sticks. And I was like, way to go, man. That, that was courage under fire right there, you know? Like, yeah, I one time, I, a long time ago, I was in a grocery store. This was when this kind of behavior was more normal. I was in a grocery store with my uh, boyfriend at the time, and there was a lady that, um, she was a white lady, and it looked like it was what she had was her two or three biracial kids. Uh, and so maybe they weren't her kids. Maybe they were just biracial kids that were hanging out with her. I'm pretty sure they were her kids, though, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so uh, one of her kids ends up, like, you know, lagging a little bit, and we're walking behind them getting our groceries. And then so the kid ends up actually behind us for a second, you know, because they keep moving, we keep moving. And then, the you know, and then all of a sudden the mom is like... Um, so-and-so, don't get stuck back there. You don't want to be uh, hanging out back there with the queers. Oh, man. And I was just like, this lady has to have known, because she was older than me, how hard it was being a woman that dated a black man or even having biracial kids. And now here you are so quick to shit on me. Like, you know, for me... We shouldn't hate on each other because it's like your struggle has been your struggle. My struggle has been my struggle. Let's not add to each other's. We know what this feels yeah, like. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> bitch, I may be queer, but I make fucking 30% more than you do. So how about that? Yeah, we're not living the same, you know, it's, and, and it's, it's, yeah, it's dumb. Like, I don't understand why people are like, it's like watching, uh, I, I see black guys online a lot that are so homo. Like, look what Dwight Howard's going through right now. The yeah. Basketball player. Well, the Dwight Howard thing, though, like, the thing that bothers me about that is I do agree with uh, the thinking that if what I'm supposed to be is okay, because this person identifies as a gay man, even though he looks like a trans woman. Yeah. You know, but he identifies as a gay man, which I know that the spectrum is all over the place and there's somebody for everybody. There's some people that love, you know, every kind of. Color of the rainbow, yeah. honestly, and you know. This, and this is not all of this is not something new. Mm -hmm. This has been around forever. Oh yeah. But people finally feel safe enough to like be out with it, and they're know? beginning to have, believe it or not, health more healthy relationships with it. You know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal, or it doesn't necessarily have to be a fetish, like for the very young people to date people of the same sex or transgender people, or because so, they're just or uh, like interracial dating. Almost isn't even a thing anymore. Yeah. Oh man, it's just dating. dating in the South. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I know. Man. Well, that's what bothered me because in Arizona we were pretty bad too. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like Arizona's pretty bad too. So uh, the, that particular woman, I'm like, no, the way you've been treated throughout your life, I'm sure you don't want to make somebody else feel that way. That is so weird, man. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll never understand that. You know what I mean? That you you have been abused as well and. You're going to pass it on. How dude. about we both take a break? <laughs> you know, how about they're not doing it to us right now? We're fucking able to be nice to each other. Let's fucking do that. Yeah, put your power Because I'm not worried about who you're fucking on any level. If I don't want to fuck you, I don't even think about that stuff. You know, like like who people are having sex with or anything like that. Let's see. Has there been any couple that's... Yes, I'm a liar. There's one couple that I'm really puzzled by, but, you know. I, that, I, I remember uh, when I lived in San Antonio... Me and a couple of buddies got talked into going to a gay bar with our, our wives at the time. And I was totally cool with it because, again, grew up around. I grew up, my aunt lived in New Orleans for part of my childhood. So 
She had drag queens at her house all the time. This yeah. was nothing unusual to, to me. And we're going there, and my buddy John is fatter and hairier than me. And he's like, dude, what if these guys try to fuck me? And I was like, come on, dude. And we get there, and everybody's pretty. Yeah. And I'm pointing at these guys, and I was like, John, you think that dude wants to fuck you? And he's like, what? And I was like, look at the hot dude he's making out with. You ain't shit, lunch meat. Fucking shut Yeah, up. no. Like, I tell people all the time, some of these people, they're not homophobic. They're flattering themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, nobody wants to fuck you. We had a guy, I tell you two quick stories of uh, homophobia I witnessed recently. I was with my boyfriend. We're always holding hands. It doesn't matter where we are. It's just what we do. And we're not trying to make a statement. We're not trying to bother anybody. We just you love each other. And we, hands. yeah, we hold hands. As you should be allowed to do. Yeah, thank you. And, and so, you know, but we're not thinking about anybody either. We're not looking for reaction. Like, and a lot of people like either smile like we're anybody else or, you know what I mean? Or like if we were by ourselves or um, like, you know, we'll just notice and whatever, you know, like, like just notice two people standing there. Um, but sometimes like one instance was the other day, a woman covered her child's eyes. Uh, well, wow. actually, she instructed the like older daughter to cover the little the little boy's eyes. Oh, there's a Mexican touching a white man. Cover- oh no, it wasn't that one. But, yeah, well, just as bad. <laughs> yeah. She was a black woman, so I don't think that would have been her problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she yeah, so she like you know instructed her daughter to cover the little boy's eyes. So then that happened, and then there was one where this guy looked at both of us like maybe we were in some way interested in him. And what I said in so many words was just neither one of us want to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was like, we're, and it's obvious we're together. We're holding hands. Right. We're not a fucking rape team trying yeah. to fucking take down guys at the Walmart. Both of it was at the Walmart. See, this is what I get for hanging out at the Walmart. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't hang out, but you know. You know what kind of people go there. Yeah. Well, I needed to look for a tree. Classy people to go to Target. Uh, it's well you're right there is a difference because we go to target too so there is a difference in the way people look at us at target versus the way here in vegas though it's surprising how many people are kind of shocked by gay love really it's weird yeah Yeah, there's a fair amount of people that look thrown off by it more so than in phoenix it feels like i one of like it the weirdest thing about vegas is seeing like churches in this town you came to sin city to start a church you're lying to somebody. You know what I mean? Like you know what you're here for. Yeah. You're here for you're here to be just as as crooked as everybody else. It's sin fucking city. I don't I don't understand why anybody is shocked by anything they see in this town. You know what I mean? Like when people are like, I saw a guy in his underwear on Fremont. Like you came to Sin City. Well, yeah, yeah. The, you can't be. It's true. You can't. It's it's well. You mentioned New Orleans, and I think they have that reputation more than Vegas just because they're way more no-holds-barred. You know, like Vegas, we don't have the uh, show your tits. Yeah, that's true. New Orleans In a public. And New Orleans is is way older than New or- and than Vegas too. New Orleans has been around since seventeen. Yeah, and you want some 80s. beads, you better show them tits. Yeah, hell yeah. Even the cops will be like No, that's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Even the cops on you know, Mardi Gras are like it's not show your tits or don't, but <laughs> have you been there for Mardi Gras? No, I just Man, it's a fucking experience. We went one year, uh, we went there for a bachelor party. We were young. We didn't know any better. We, I was living in Atlanta at the time, and a buddy of mine in Mississippi was getting married. Then we drove from Atlanta to Mississippi and then loaded up in a fucking big old Toyota Land Cruiser and finished the trip from Vicksburg to New Orleans. And we're walking up and down uh, Bourbon Street. And at one point, 
we're like, hey, look, there's a strip club. We should go inside, right? Because we're on a bachelor party. And one of the words that we saw on the building said unisex. And us being a bunch of dumb hillbillies, we're like, what does that mean? And I had the brilliant idea. I was like, oh, they probably allow guys and girls to come in and look at the girl strippers, right? So we get in there, and we sit down, and there's a chick dancing, and all of a sudden this dude comes out of the back wearing this fucking thong with a big old ding-dong hanging out of the front. And I go, oh, that's what unisex means. Yeah. Okay. So I was, like, laughing about it. I thought it was hilarious that we had walked into this. And one of my redneck buddies is sitting there, and, he, dude, he was a roid freak at the time. He'd always, like, flip out and want to fight people. The dude was, like, bigger than him, the stripper. Mm-hmm. And he was just trying to, like, politely slide behind us. But his dick was hanging out too far, and it hit my buddy Brad in the back of the neck as we were sitting down. And I was like, oh, Brad's going to fight. And he had to face something there. He could have fought that dude, but I think he was worried about getting beat up by a dude in a thong. Yeah. And he just goes, we got to go. And we fucking left, and the waitress was pissed off because we had to, like, pay for our drinks. and get It was just so funny watching him be so uncomfortable around something like that. He's like, what? It's a human body, man. You know what I mean? Like you see, we played football. Well, you today. know, somebody drags their dick across your neck. That that's kind of a like. It, it, I mean, like it was an. Accident. I'm a full on fag, and you drag your <laughs> dick across my neck. I'm gonna be like, did that bitch just drag their dick across my neck? And also, who knows? Like you could have feelings that you didn't expect when you have a dick dragged across yeah, your neck true. for the first time ever. You know, you couldn't never even thought dick was sexy, and then it drags across your neck, and I like I didn't know that. <laughs> He was so far away, yet it was so close. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to feel that way when it drug across my neck, but now here we are. Man, I'll tell you now, like, if you're any kind of adventurous with sex, you will end up facing some of your fears, not, not even fears, just uh, uh, insecurities and things like that. Like, I've, I've had to face a lot of those because my wife and I swing occasionally. Mm-hmm. And you think you're confident until you see another man make your partner come. You know what I mean? Like, especially we went through it a few times before she ever had a good experience with another guy. Uh huh. And apparently, I intimidate most of the guys that come into the circle because I don't. I'm not attracted to dudes whatsoever, but I don't mind my wife and I. But you're sharing my wife with you know another guy, right? We don't touch one another, but whatever reason they're intimidated by me, I get it. It's another guy in the situation. I have the same intimidations with another guy coming into the situation. Could be kind of an alpha thing. You never know. But you got to face those things, you know what I mean? And you can't, if you freak out about them, it just it gets even harder to deal with because now you've got anger and rage involved and confusion even. Yeah. In water, you know, so. And how do you, because, okay, so you guys were in a monogamous relationship for how long? Because uh, it's been six years. Yeah, six years, about a, so five years. About a year ago, we started fooling around with the swinging thing. Okay. And so what made you guys, like, how did you guys come to that, even bringing that up? We had joked about it. We had talked about it. And the two of us together, uh, we have a lot of fun during sex. We're very confident. So it just kind of came up one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about it. We heard other people talking about them doing it. So we just kind of got curious. Mm-hmm. And then both of us were like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Like, we're, we're confident enough in our relationship. We know who's going home with who. Yeah. And the only rule is, is that the other person has to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we, we are generally in the same room together. We don't do Are that. you guys cool with kissing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss. I mean, it's like we, we talked about that kind of stuff where there were certain rules and it just kind of felt like we were being a little too controlling of one another uh-huh. in the situation. And that made it more difficult because in the heat of the moment, man, kissing is there. Like, I don't, I don't really 
want to think about my wife blowing another dude, but I'm not going to stop her if she's enjoying herself. You know what I mean? I'm not going to expect her to stop another chick from blowing me. That wouldn't be fair, right? That's not fair at all. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to, so to stop her from doing the same to somebody else is not, you know what I mean? It's, I don't feel like that's uh, even Stevens on that one. So yeah, you have to. It's good uh, karma. It, yeah, <laughs> it's right. good if you're yeah. gonna do it. It's good karma. Pay it forward. And she, man, she hit me up one night. I was, I'm ten minutes from going on stage. Am I too far away? No. Let oh. me just. Right there. Yes. All right. Sorry. So I'm like. Uh, I'm about 10 minutes from going on stage and I get a text from her and she goes, Hey, I'm almost to your show. I'm bringing three friends. And I was like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. And it did. So she's a great wingman. Like I'm in bed with four women at one point in my life. I never, oh. ever thought that would happen. You know what I mean? What like, if it had been dudes? Yeah. <laughs> what if it had been three dudes? <laughs> You're just like, did you? You're like the DMV. Just send me a text when it's my turn, guys. You're selfish. <laughs> You're so, it's cool to be, yes, but you're selfish. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Two uh, and two? We could have brought, you know, two. Well, we ended up, we took them to a swingers club, and another guy joined us while we were there. Yeah. And she, she found a guy. Even it up. Yeah, totally. So, uh, that was cool. Like, the toughest part of it is, it's, it's like, letting somebody, or to say letting, but watching somebody fuck your spouse is like watching somebody test drive your car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if they get it to chirp third gear, you're like, I didn't know it would fucking do that. How did it do that? I've been driving it wrong this whole time. So it that will kind of fuck with you. But if you've got any kind of competitive spirit, you let that motivate you to do better the next time around. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it pays off for your partner. So it takes a bit to learn that. You, you There's only one of two ways you can handle that. You can let it bother you. You can figure out how to use it to your advantage. So Yeah. I, well, that's not a way I think most people think about it. You know, a lot of people don't understand that i'm a person that i don't know where i'm completely at on that yeah. you know like i am in a monogamous relationship that's where we're at but you know monogamy hasn't always been the most natural thing for me you and i used to handle that say. by you know <laughs> dude look i get it we started doing my wife and i are doing ho shit together and man it's a bonding <laughs> That is a bonding moment. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation got real, real. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know. We do whole shit together. <laughs> it, we, especially people like us, we've not led a very calm life. So everything we've done has probably been wild to some extent. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So monogamy kind of takes the gas out of you. And at first it's fun. Because it's something you've never had, but then after a while, you're like, there's a part of me that's not being utilized right now, and it's that wild side, you know what I mean? Sometimes you kind of miss that shit, so if you can find ways to get out and, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily But be you guys have to be in a couple. No, 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 there's been times where it's just been me, her, and another guy, there's been times... It's been no, but you guys, um, like, don't go out separately. No, 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 I, I, that is where I feel like... It's uh, cheating. Not necessarily cheating. You're just kind of you're opening Pandora's box a bit too much. Yeah, you know what I mean. When we I had a few friends go through that, and the like. What would happen was 
one would maybe get a crush on another, and then suddenly those two are going to the movies together. And he, the one uh, in one situation, the one had no interest in leaving the other. He just was really enjoying spending time with this guy, and the other one was starting to feel left out, you know. But he was just like, "Well, if I'm not trying to turn him into my boyfriend, he's just a cool friend." But we haven't, and the friend was like, "Well, I don't know what's going on." Oh, that's so. gonna be so tough with guys too, because I bet the lines get blurred a lot. You know what I mean when you're dealing with gay men because it is typical for two guys to hang out together. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be gay and swing and hang out as friends, like dude, you're really, you're you're again, you're you're giving yourself a lot of opportunities for mistrust. Yeah, person. So, you know, because if it's it's pretty cut and dry. If a guy and a girl are hanging out. You know something's up. You know yeah. what I mean. So, but if it's two guys, it's like, oh, come on, we are. We're just buddies, man. We, you know, we hang out together. And why? Uh, or uh, what are the odds of you guys running into the people that you hook up with in regular life? Uh, that is rare, but <laughs> oh no, I have bumped into people we know in the swingers club, which is funny because so far they've all been comics. What? Yeah. So. One time, um, there's my my wife was with me and another guy, and we got her like the old Chinese finger cuffs. Uh huh. And we're having poke fun. Poke and choke. Yes, sir. The a big, poke and choke. The old chicken on a rotisserie. <laughs> so the, <laughs> She's a spit. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama pig roast. That's what we call it down home. <laughs> no. Guys, Crystal, if you listen, I'm not calling you a pig. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it sounds gonna, bad. That was not going to go over well. <laughs> Even I'd be like, did that motherfucker just call me a pig? That's <laughs> <laughs> not. Anyway. <laughs> Ty's a good friend. He'll edit that. Right. Move on. No. Move on. Uh, Move on. <laughs> just make like it didn't happen. We're unbothered. Sorry, Crystal. We got a little too unbothered. So while we're going through this, we're in a swingers club, and uh, one of our comic friends walks in, and I'm not going to put him on blast. He's married. He said his wife knows he hangs out there. Uh-huh. But I don't know if he's telling the truth, so I'm not going to put him out like that. And okay. That, and, that, and the swingers world is very private. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it is supposed to be a very... Uh, a lot of people are not comfortable with that, people knowing that they're like that, you know what I mean, which I, I completely respect. Um, not everyone's open like we are. So, But, yes, I have bumped into comics. Um, one comic showed up. Yeah, I saw comedian Anthony Decimito at the Flex one time, and I'm not putting his business out there at all. Like, we took a picture in front. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, afterwards, yeah. we took a picture in front and whatever else, but it was just like, you know, hey, girl. You know? <laughs> right. well, Flex is the gay bathhouse in Phoenix. Oh, okay. There's a, there's also a flex here. So I I didn't know if you guys were. There's a I think there's a flex. Oh, on. flex is the bar here. Yeah, uh, yeah flex is okay. just a regular. So it's bar a bathhouse. You guys yeah, it's a bathhouse down flex. there. So that's why that would be kind of a secret. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so it's and it's the same thing. It's a sex club, just more sex. Yeah. Well, dude, it's gay men. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got the male drive. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Men are just fucking loose with that shit anyway. And you so. can fuck a million of them in a day. You, you know what I mean? Pregnant, man. You guys uh, are ahead of the curve on this shit. Well, that's the only thing that I'm not comfortable with that was happening in the bathhouse is like towards the end of when I would do like dirty shit. Like, you know, not dirty shit, but you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, going raw? Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, I'm so not... It's like, to me... You take care of yourself. Yeah. It's cool to be fun, and and I know that there's like the um, the prep, you know, which is Travada, and people take that, and they, you know, it's really almost makes it so HIV isn't a thing. But there's side effects to it, and also there's stuff that you can't necessarily heal always, and so it's like just take care of yourself. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's uh that's kind of a scary thing too because one of our well I'd say one of the people that Crystal used to work with uh got diagnosed with like it went from HIV to AIDS and he was on Snapchat talking about uh what it was something along the lines of like the day before he found out him he got mad at his husband and let seven dudes run a train on him. Yeah. And he did it all unprotected and then went on Snapchat talking about here's my test results, y'all all got it now, like like a bit malicious about it. And yeah. it was like, I was like, dude, that's just that's dastardly right there, man. Like that's rooms for murder, like grounds for murder as far as I'm concerned. You know, but the unfortunate thing is like a lot of these guys don't care. And it's it's too bad to say it, but you've got to take care of your and I say this as a person that's been lied to. I say oh, wow. that really? I say this as a person that has been lied to. Um, one time where it was like a definite, and I knew, and the other time that was a lie. But I don't really think it counts so much uh, because even though he lied about being HIV positive, he made sure that we were completely, completely safe about everything. Like okay. he almost treated himself like radioactive. <laughs> And I, I felt like, why is this guy like this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah, we're being safe. But, you know, like, I'm not afraid of you. Or, you know, like, and but, like, then afterwards, what happened was he ended up testing positive during our relationship. Oh, wow. So I think he either had an idea or, and, or knew or just instinctually he knew, you yeah. know, maybe. But, you know, so so in that way... Yeah, it sucked because then I had to go through a roller of a roller coaster of emotion just as far as what he was going through and it wasn't at the most convenient time in my life where I really could like I was too new in stand up and I needed to be focused on oh. just that to be somebody's real backbone in that kind of situation. Yeah. And even then if you're not in a serious relationship, you're like, fuck, how much of this do I want to be involved with? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I and if you're HIV positive, because I've dated HIV positive guys before, if you're HIV positive and you're completely comfortable with where you're at and you've gone through that whole, like, you know, whatever, f like, kind of phases you had to go through and coming to terms with it and stuff like that, we don't have problems as far as that goes. Yeah. But just, you know, when, when you're new, when it just happened, and that happened to me another time where it just <sighs> happened with somebody. Yeah. Fucking hey, man. That's so scary. Like, I, you don't, as a, as a straight person, you think about that. But it's not like, as prevalent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you don't know a lot of straight people with AIDS mm -hmm. or HIV. You yeah. know what I mean? So we all still wonder how magic got it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of gay people are just like, really, how did that happen? Because yeah. it's so, you know, like really it's even not, it's even not the most common when you're the top. Oh, right. Yeah, it's, it's way more dangerous for bottoms. That's why huh. these bottoms, I feel like they have to take care of themselves more than the rest of us. Because it's like you're taking the real risk. Yeah. So you should, like, fuck what these guys think or what they want you to do. Like, I know it's cool to be the fun bottom. I mean, like, it looks fucking, it's sexy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, when you have somebody that's just that fucking... Oh, like into it. And yeah, and I don't mean dirty in a bad way. I almost said dirty, but like I mean it in the best way. Like there was one that was like the Rudy of bottoms one night at the fuck. Like you just, you wanted to see him succeed. You know? <laughs> the Rudy of bottoms. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> you know, it took him a minute to get in, but once. Uh, just hoisted him up on your fist yeah. to walk him around the Once room. they were fucking, yeah, once he was, uh, oh. 
It was a beautiful thing to watch. It was just like watching a person persevere at different points. Just, it's, 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 yeah, but it, and it's it was sexy as fuck, you yeah. know. But at the same time, it was just like you know. I mean, like I took a turn. I just used a condom. Yeah, but you know, like it was definitely a sexy what what was going on there. But I was like, there was still a part of me that felt like, don't take care of yourself. Yeah. You could be just as hot if you were just getting fucked with condoms. Yeah, right. And that, that I mean. I don't know. I, a lot of times you hope that kind of shit's a phase. Like we don't, if it's a, if it's somebody we know and trust that we're fooling around with and yeah, we'll go raw. But if it's a, if it's a stranger, then I absolutely strap up. I ain't trying to bring anything home. And, I mean, and we've had that discussion where we're like, that is a possibility mm-hmm. that one of us could, you know, catch something in this situation. So you just have to kind of like, all right, that's just, you know, if you're going to fucking, if you're going to ride your skateboard, you're going to fall down. So, uh, you, just, you just try to take care of yourself. You keep clean. You strap up. Do everything you can. Yeah. But goddamn, a raw blowjob feels too good to put on a rubber. So I'm going to take my chances sometimes. When it comes to a blowjob, though, I think, like, if if you're... I think sex workers using condoms for blowjobs is fine. I mean, like, yeah. you know, because that's... It's, again, taking care of yourself. Dude, you want people wearing gloves making your sandwich. So yeah, and you're doing one after another. I mean, like, you know, and I get it if the if the John feels like, you know, I'd rather have, but I feel like prostitutes should stand firm and be like, look, if I get fucking herpes of the mouth, I'm not going to be able to work anymore. <laughs> so Yeah, so come on. like, but, uh, but as far as, like, if you're just doing things for fun, blowjobs are always no. You know, you just give it a feel and make sure nothing is going on. Yeah. And those people I don't like. Which ones? Every once in a while, because, like, I will always inspect things. Oh, yeah. You know? And so every once in a while, I'll grab somebody and be like, oh, shit, I know I just touched something. It's time for me to go straight really? to the bathroom, wash my hands with disinfect. Yes, because, wow. like, you know, you'll feel like a war or some sort no of. Way. Yeah, oh. where you know it's like there's some, like something is there. Yeah. It may be a little too dark for me to see it exactly because, you know, you know how it works. There's the little playrooms or the, you know, yeah. are the straight ones like that, too, where there's certain parts that are darker. There's some places yeah. where you can you can oh, pick yeah. your fantasy. Oh, yeah. It depends on where you go. Like uh, my favorite place in town right now is the Green Door. I know it's the most typical one to go to. Uh huh. One of the reasons I like it is you get a lot of tourists. It's on the opposite side of the parking lot from the gay one. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's right. We're yeah, <laughs> we're, we'll neighbors. <laughs> we're neighbors. We're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll carpool. We'll just park in the middle. Walk separate. I'm ways. right up the street. <laughs> <laughs> but that one has uh, like a bondage room and a pool. Uh huh. It's got a whole bunch of shit, which yeah. I like. Um, I then, seen a dude getting fucked on a sawhorse one day. Yeah. That'll give you a little. Well, my, the first time we went to it, <laughs> first time we went to a Steamworks. Club. Thank you, Steamworks. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we're walking through uh, the Red Rooster, which is like an old school house turned into a swingers club, and it's really cool. And they have a place called the Orgy Room, and it's like a pyramid of beds. Like you remember the video game Cubert? Yes. You remember how the cover was with the pyramid that was all the mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what the beds look like. Okay. And then in the middle, they got this giant round bed with a rooster embroidered on it. It's a pretty neat orgy room, right? So we're like, let's go check that out. No orgy going on. We're just walking around, looking around. And then I see these two old guys. Uh, they look like fucking Randolph and Mortimer from Trading Places. Oh, right? yeah. They're always there. I mean, like, you know, yeah. Go oh, ahead. yeah. And they're facing one another. And it looks like they're playing a really aggressive game of paper, rock, scissors. Uh-huh. I don't think nothing about it. I keep walking. And right when I make it to the door, Crystal collars me, grabs me by the 
damn shirt, pulls me back in, and she goes, look. And I go, what? Oh, my God. They were sitting there jerking each other off. But it was like the most robotic, no eye contact. They just needed something. Just somebody touched my yeah, they both. Yeah, they both are like, look, I come here all the time. <laughs> And nobody ever gives me any play. Because you see those people sometimes. And it's unfortunate. And I feel bad sometimes. But I'm not going to go fuck them. Right. But, you know, like you do feel like, oh, I wish somebody would just. And that that's the downside of these types of places where I prefer the ones that are a little more expensive for the single guys. Uh-huh. Because generally single guys are creepy. And okay. I say that as a person that used to be a single guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are just lurking at all times. That's it. Just fucking lurking, looking for something. Especially in a place like that. So the single guys are generally kind of weird to me. The thing that I don't like about them is, like, I'll be fooling around with a chick. I get it. Guys are going to jerk off while we're having sex. That's It's a sex club. People are there to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're so close to me. I can hear, like, knuckles sliding down shaft. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if you come, it's going to be on me, and we're going to fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay. I get it. Sometimes you go to see the whale, you're going to get splashed, but you need to back the fuck up on me, like, I got to tell you, even as a gay man, don't fucking come on me. We're in a public place. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a public place. A little decorum, please. Get your kids out the street. Yeah. You wouldn't spill a drink on my dress, would you? (laughs) Don't fucking come on my chest. I don't know you. I'm not your fucking wife over here getting come on my tits. (laughs) Like, (laughs) But, you know, I get it. Everyone's there for their own perversion, man. But there's sometimes I'm like, please, just take five steps back. That's all I need out of you. And there's some guys that do reach. Uh, I've, I've had to slap guys' hands away from my wife before because they are grabbing without permission and she'll politely swipe them away. And like the third time, I'm like, pow, I'll slap the hand. That's why, why when people really have questions about like consent, I always feel like a good place to really see like adults exercise consent is at sex clubs. Yeah. Because, like, there is, even though it seems like it's a free-for-all, there are definite, like, you get cues from people. You don't just reach out and touch someone. You don't just decide, this is what I'm going to do. It's very much mutual. And it's a lot of times Mm nonverbal, but you always know, oh, this is cool or this is not cool. And it does piss me off because there are those people that don't do it. Like, I've had, there was one old guy... That, like, had already, because what he did was he just reached out to grab me. And we're at a sex club. I'm not tripping. So I just politely pushed his hand away. You know, I didn't, wasn't a dick about it. Wasn't just, like, politely pushed his hand away. Then he comes back again, uh, or I end up walking by him again in a different part of the facility at a different point, And he tries to grab me again. Jeez. And I'm like... Still no, you know what I mean? And that time I give him a double with my hand and just like, still no, and let it go. (laughs) Then at a point, I'm just laying down in a spot, technically getting my, well, getting serviced. (laughs) 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 Little class here, but you know, and I'm just kicking it. And at the time it was when I was working out like crazy because I was single and I was doing it. And if I'm going to be at sex clubs or, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to. You flaunted. Yeah, I don't want to be the one that's not getting it. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do a lot of walking, you know? <laughs> and so he walks up to me and just 
completely like strums my body, like uh, like running your fingers across a piano. And it was not even, because it's not such a violation, because what he touched was between my chest and my pubes. So that part isn't a violation. The thing to me that is such a violation is the fact that you are gross to me, and I've already pushed your hand away twice because you turned me off. And now I'm enjoying this blowjob, and I just had your old ass hands across me now, and I got that, like, ugh, like, don't. We said no, you know, like. I don't want a Werther's. Go away. Yeah, and and it was that kind of old, and I'm not trying to be mean. He ended up yelling at me later. Yeah, he was like, uh, he he literally yelled like you know something like, uh, "Well, you're advertising it" or something like that, and it was like. You were asked. You were dressed like you wanted it. Yeah, well, that's what it was the yeah. equivalent of. One time, I did also get cornered by these old fucking zombies, you know. And I was like, "Is this what it feels like when people are about to literally just do what they want to do with you?" And I got myself the fuck out of that little corner. But yeah, it was got real fucking dicey for a second there, and I had to like push, push, like you wow. know, like that's this is what this is turning into. There is a part of me that wanted to like actually say the word rape just to let them know what was, what it was they were attempting to do right there. Yeah, that legit. I mean, and it takes a lot to get my heart going because I've been in so, I'm like, I've hooked up in Echo Park, you know, like, uh, like there you're fucking dealing with cholos and stuff. And like, you'd go there at like two in the morning or whatever, or there was that park across the street. You know what I mean? Like there, (laughs) and these are fucking rough at that. Now it's been gentrified a lot more, but like, you know, right. you would go there and hook up, and it was like genuine cholo experience. It was kind of part of the turn on. You didn't know if you were going to get robbed or you were just going to get your <laughs> dick sucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was always just, there was one time, but I'll do a story about it sometime on stage. I have already, but anyway. Uh, the, the, but yeah, so um, I, I'm not a skittish person when it comes to that. So when that one happened, and I had to actually like you know get out of there, I was just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's the weirdest thing. Most people get it. Mm-hmm. I've got the occasional when people find out, like, guys, girls, dude, the more I talk about swinging openly, the more girls are like, I think you and your wife are hot. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? All I got to do is just talk about it. And they come up to me. Guys are fucking dumb about it. Guys will be like, oh, you and your wife swing? Like, yeah. Like, oh, fuck your wife? Like, well, you might want to talk to her because it's her body. And if she yeah. Can I fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, but you know I'm going to be there, right? Like, that's how this works. It's just, it's just like they think that it's they can. I imagine it's what a porn chick goes through when a dude's like, "Why can't I fuck you?" It's clueless. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys think that because she's a prostitute or because she's a porn chick or because she's a swinger chick that she's just down to fuck any old swinging dick out there. Yeah, and it's not that she's got to have an attraction to you or whether it be for lust or money or whatever the attraction is. You know what I mean? Like. I, guys think that just because a woman is open about sex, they can have sex with her. Like watching a female comic talk about sex. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thinking is that once you cross over into a different world like that, when it comes to sex, that suddenly you're not allowed to say no anymore. Right. You know, like is and well, there's there's people that more like your way, like have the like this thought that you know suddenly it's just a yes for everybody, and then there's the people that think that you're not allowed to say no. Oof, you know, like it's not. It. Yeah, you know, it's it like I've had people like touch my ass when I was in the middle of fucking somebody else, and I felt like that was kind of like you know. 
know, like you, one, we're da- it's dark, so you just scared me. Yeah. You know, like you did literally startle me because I wasn't expecting anyone to touch me anywhere. Yeah. It's not even about my ass right now. It's just, wow. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, like, I, I, like, yeah. I thought we were alone. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were alone, but we're a public. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's, I know it's a, it's a blurred line. I'm saying I get that, but like, yeah. sometimes it's just like, use a little common sense, you know, and they test that blurred line too. And that, but I mean, that's just, that seems to be the single guy mentality, you know what I mean? Where they're just like, I'm going to see what I can get away with, and if it works, it works, and if not, I'll, I'll apologize. Or not, I'll just walk away, or I'll make them feel like shit. Yeah, because people what? will walk away. Like, sometimes they'll just walk away like, hmm, I tried. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, man. It's, it's a see fun. them getting dressed in the locker room area, in the changing area. Uh, you know, one of the coolest things somebody will ever say to you, uh, for at least for a straight guy, I'm, I'm sure there's a version of this for you guys. I had a guy come up to me, and while well, my wife and I are having sex in a swingers club, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Is it okay?" He looked at Crystal. And he's like, "Is it okay if he has?" Well, first he goes, "Is it okay if my wife touches yours?" And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta ask her." And Crystal was down with it, and then he looked at Crystal and he goes, "Are you okay with your husband fucking my wife?" And I was like, oh, boy, thinks I'm putting on a show over here. Mm-hmm. He's impressed. You know what I mean? Like, that was that was a cool vote of confidence where I'm like, this dude thinks I'm doing good enough to fuck his old lady. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Such a cool feeling. Like, Yeah. No, in the gay club, sometimes you'll be part of the main scene. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. it's, yeah, like, it's, sometimes it'll even, like, add more to it. Like, if it's you and another person, you know, like, that you're like really both into each other because you know how it is sometimes sometimes you like and you enjoy what's going on and you're attracted to them and but it's just not there there yeah it's sometimes it's like more robotic or like it's, it's more utilitarian yeah we both need to nut and that's yeah it. and then sometimes you get these people that you're like i don't know why i have this we, man we uh i say we she picked up this uh chick from hawaii one night we were at the place we were at the green door, and we saw these three chicks walking around, and Crystal looked at the Hawaiian chick, and she goes, uh, we're going to fuck her tonight. And I was like, right on. 20 minutes later, we were at the bar. Uh, what's it called? The Badlands next to the green door. Oh, that Badlands so is still there? Oh, man, that place is never going to go away. And for those people listening, the ba- I keep forgetting we're holding microphones. For the people listening, the Badlands is a gay bar. Like, gay, it was a gay and tranny bar, right? Yeah. That, that's... I always joke because the urinals are really high in there. And I'm like, why are the urinals so... Oh, because dudes are wearing heels when they come in. It makes sense. So we're over there hanging out, and the the Hawaiian chick's over there, and Crystal starts making out with her over there. But then we go back to the green door, and we go into a couples-only area. So Mm -hmm. it's just me, Crystal, and the Hawaiian chick. And they are being so loud that we had a crowd build up outside the door, the room we were in. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And then the security guard starts hanging out by the door and keeping people back for us. Mm-hmm. And then when I got done, the dude high-fived us, and he was like, man, I see a lot of shit in here. You guys just put on a good show. And I was like, wow. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Like, I definitely suggest it for people. Like, give it a shot. You know what I mean? You'll find out. What <laughs> or two. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, uh, it, it's, it, Test it. Test your 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 uh, your boundaries, and we need that in life. You know what I mean. You get complacent, so. Yeah. No, I was not expecting us to talk about sex club <laughs> and. Ba- I mean, like I kn- I know you, and so I know you know like 
none of this was a surprise to me because we were talking about it last time. Last time it was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. Because I didn't, yeah. And But, you know, I'm so, like, I, I got to say, in that way, I really am where I need to be. Like, you know, when it comes oh. to other people's sexuality or the way people live, live their lives, I feel like what well, works for you works for you. So I'm not one of those people that ever feels like, oh, thank you. You know, like I'm not that guy. But I was surprised because I just assumed because you have the whole family. And, you know, a lot of times, even though I know that it is, this is the demographic in a lot of cases. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that. And I'm like, you know, I just assume I, I still have that like when I was a kid thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. couples don't do that. Oh yeah, that's a nice wholesome family. They don't do that. But yeah. Realistic. Like a lot of the people that we encounter in this are older people. They're forty-five, fifty, and you can tell that they're empty nesters. Their kids left. They can finally walk around naked again. You know what I mean? And now they're comfortable with themselves and their relationship because they've probably been been together for so long that they're not worried about. You're not going anywhere because right. we've been together. We actually have a... Yeah, it's a solid relationship. Yeah. But I also see a lot of good-looking older people, mm -hmm. and you can see that they're getting into it, and you're like, you wasted your youth being too conservative with your sexuality. You know what I mean? Like, I, I look at that, and that's where a lot of ways I'm like, I need to loosen up now, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't want to wait until I'm old and wrinkly to finally be open about sexuality when in a younger better looking more active body you know what i mean i can have more fun with it it makes perfect sense everything you're saying you know like, yeah you know and i feel like that's a good place to wrap up because it is <laughs> like no because it is such a like because it's true mm -hmm. like we only get to be young or what's considered young for so long and we only get to be like completely healthy for so long. So if you have an inkling or you have something that you want to do, enjoy it as soon as possible. Enjoy it when it strikes you instead of telling yourself that you're not allowed to do certain things because of the way you were raised and not just being like, I may have been raised this way, but maybe I want to be this way. And maybe if I'm not hurting anybody and everything is consenting adults, then there's nothing wrong with me taking this route instead of that route or having taken that route for so long, just taking a quick turn. And then maybe, maybe you even decide you don't like it. So don't force yourself to continue doing it. D decide, okay, I tried that in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> but, now, but now the regret of doubt is gone. Like I would rather have the regret of failure or disinterest than the regret of I don't know how I feel about that because I never tried it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't feel that way about like heroin, but uh, uh, certain things in life I do feel that way about, you know, like fucking with that <laughs> hair on. <laughs> that, yeah. That's how I know you've been hanging around too many black folks. You say hair on. <laughs> fucking with that <laughs> hair on. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where can we find you, Bobby Wayne? Um, Let's see. Facebook is Bobby Wayne Stotts. That's uh, S-T-A-U-T-S. Instagram is Bobby Wayne S. Twitter is Fun Bob Fat Pants. And then... Uh, every day except for Tuesday at 6 p.m. I'm at L.A. Comedy Club in the Stratosphere, and I open for the Redneck Magician. I'm going to have to go to that. I've been meaning to go to the Redneck Magicians, and he's such a nice guy. Oh, James is so fun. Yeah, James Michael, everybody. He's a Redneck Magician in the Stratosphere. Uh, well, in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find another Redneck uh, Magician <laughs> here in uh, Las Vegas. That is... James Michael, and then uh, Bobby Wayne Stotts is opening for him. Six days a week at 6 p.m. I'm the, the resident opener for him, so uh, I got that steady gig. That's a lot of fun. And then 
if you just if if you look me up online, I do. There's a bunch of other shows I do around town too. They just pop up at random. So no, November thirtieth, we're in Henderson, Nevada. I'll update my website so everybody can see where I'm going to be. But yeah, Bobby Wayne's going to be with me. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, we're in Henderson, so that's a part of the brewery comedy tour. And then I've got other stuff coming up. You can check me out at America's Favorite Fag.com. You know where to find a bitch if you want one. <laughs> Stay unbothered, everybody.